This is Marketing Today from Melbourne, Australia, your number one podcast for news and commentary on some of today's top marketing stories. Now, here's your host, Peter Wagstaff. And welcome back, everybody. The long-awaited return of Marketing Today, episode number 89. Wags here with two very special guests. We have Oyster. Hello, listeners. Daniel Oyston, down from Canberra, our Canberra correspondent. That's it. Just down for a bit of a flying visit. Say hello, a few beers tonight, and uh, good to have you here. Back up to the nation's capital. Really good. And of course, we've got Zach Martin. How are you, Zach? I'm good, guys. How are you? Really good. Great to have you. And, and you almost forgot our most special guest. Our very special guest, Donald Trump. What do you got to say? Never give up under any circumstances. Never give up. Thank you, Donald. And Donald <laughs> has something special to say at the end of each of our little segments that we're discussing here. Something insightful, I am sure. <laughs> My God. And look, let me start by apologising to everyone for the massive delay <laughs> in episode 89 coming out. Well, I don't know about you, Zach, but I heard some rumours that he went to jail. <laughs> <laughs> That's why there were no podcasts for a while. But, uh, oh, look, it's not it's true. Not true, true or not denied? I, I will deny that right now. Yeah. Um, well, no, that's all I heard. I, like, I didn't, I didn't <laughs> help that rumor. Well, it's just well, like, who's pretty fast in the podcasting circles. So. Where did you hear that from? Who's a uh, hashtag Wags in Jail? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, okay, I made that. I made that. <laughs> you did make that up. Yeah, but um, no, it's it's it is good to be finally back with number eighty nine. We got there eventually, and uh, look, let's let's make this more frequent. I've, well, if you don't, it's going to be about twenty twenty five before we get to. I know the, the number one hundred. Yeah, num- we're just saying we've got to celebrate one hundred in a big way. So uh, let's try to do that this year, hey. And we're we're open to suggestions. Yeah, look, any any feedback. In fact, any listeners that uh, that want to come in and have a bit of a chat about anything we're discussing, you're welcome to. I like the way Oyster just assumes he's a part of the show with the we. We're, we're open to any suggestions. Now that's fine. Uh, me and co-host Wags here just <laughs> no, running the show. About, I was talking about myself and Donald. <laughs> <laughs> well, Donald's a given. I mean, he's got him part of the show. Well, Oyster's become. You've, you've been on every show for the last uh, few shows, Oyster. So you are part of part of the furniture now. Who do you reckon's been on more, me or Oyster? It's probably on a par. It's the wrong question to ask. Who do the listeners like? <laughs> yeah, and yeah, and, and send your SMS votes too. <laughs> and you're a bit of a, uh, a podcast whore, as we decided uh, last time. Yeah, You've yeah, been yeah, on the Gen Y with the Gen Y boys lately, and again uh, next week you were saying. And I won't say which one I prefer, but <laughs> <laughs> that's because wags between you and the door, is it? <laughs> Ah, so, news in marketing this week, guys. Um, we've actually had um, a request from one of our listeners, uh, Adam. G'day, Adam. How are you going? Good to have you listening. G'day, Adam. Um, Say g'day, Zach. That's rude. Hi, Adam. <laughs> <laughs> Adam's actually a Monash student over at, uh, at Clayton Campus. And yeah, just because he's a Clayton, it doesn't mean you don't talk to him. Does Donald right? have anything to say to Adam? Yeah, what does Donald have to say to Adam? Always enjoy what you're doing. There you go, Adam. Always enjoy what you're doing. You should doing. that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Adam actually asked a question, um, and um, it's an interesting one. He wanted to know um, a bit more about QR codes. Um, for some reason, Adam's got an interest in QR codes, and, and you guys uh, obviously know what QR codes, but some of our listeners may not. Um, QR codes are the... What's the best way to describe them? I guess a... little graphic, I suppose. A little graphic, which is an advanced form of barcode that can hold a lot more data than a standard barcode that you might see on a, a retail product. Yep. It's a little square-based barcode. And they're not um, colour, they're black and white. Are they always black and white? Yeah. yeah. All black and white, yep. And they're sort of made up of a little jumble of squares and so on. And Adam wanted to... Um, and, sorry, you use your phone to scan it. 
um, and you can then either normally it leads you to a website where you can access more information. And that's kind of the purpose of the QR code. Yeah. So it's designed to be a, um, I guess, a navigation thing to open a, a web page on your mobile device, whatever it might be. Mm. Yeah. So typically an iPhone or a mobile phone. Um, Look, QR codes. I I'm really struggling to understand the the validity of, of QR codes. Is this something that is going to last? Um, well, it's interesting you say iPhone because I have an iPhone, yep. and I find to actually scan a QR code, you need to use a program, and taking a photo with the iPhone is actually very hard to use the program and then access the, And the number of times that I've scanned the QR code, it never actually works. So the iPhone is probably one of the phones you can't use. Really, I think it, it comes that. That software to read the code comes embedded in if you've got a phone that has Windows Mobile on it. Yeah, and I've got a Nokia, uh, yeah. Nokia N95, and it's a standard feature on this. Yeah. Uh, and I've tried it once or twice, but I mean, it's I really don't see the point of it. For example, um, what's I can see I can see the point. I can see the point of a, a billboard which might pique your attention. Yep. And you might think that's a good billboard, but. I'm probably not going to remember to go and visit that site or look up that product, and so you might use a QR code to go and get more information right there and then. Mm, no, but it just there. seems hard. it just seems like hard work. Yeah, particularly outdoor advertising isn't the sort of advertising that's calling for action immediately. Normally, outdoor advertising is brand yeah. building or awareness. And that's because you're on the move. You exactly. don't have time to stop and take a photo and then submit yeah, to your website and go to the website to do that. But by putting a QR code on it, if you're sitting on the train with some, some advertising in there, it changes the focus of brand building to call to action if you can direct somebody to a website. Yeah. But it just seems like hard work. I mean, it just seems like way too yeah. much hard work. And I've never seen a QR code used for a, The only time um, that I have actually seen them is on the side of bus stops, uh, I think for a Transformers ad, you could scan the QR code and then watch the trailer. Yeah. And I'd already seen the trailer, and I didn't want to spend two minutes waiting for it to load while I waited for my bus anyway, because it's really not that much value to me. And then for those who are on expensive data plans as well, that's another problem. Yep. Um, why should I pay to have advertising delivered to me? But um, at the end of the day, if you're doing a billboard, how much more does it cost to put a QR code on it? Yeah, virtually nothing. And um, it just sits there in the corner. Um, but there's not that many billboards or, or printed advertisements that you see. No. One thing I do notice, though, the um, the print edition of the Age newspaper here in Melbourne, um, just inside, I think it's normally on page two, it has uh, about three or four different QR codes um, that you can use to direct you to the online version of, of the newspaper. Once Even again, though you've got a hard copy in front of you. Exactly. Which is I bizarre. Think, I think there are some good... There could be some good uses of QR code. Imagine if, um, you know, you could use the QR code and it show you the answer to that day's crossword. That would be good. So if, I think there are some really good something uses. you want to keep hidden. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But I think that at I the moment... I might get a few more crosswords out. <laughs> <laughs> I think at the moment no one's really using it well enough, you know, because that's what you need. You need a lot of people using it well and then it will pick up. But at the moment it's just to a trailer or to a little bit of extra information. It's boring. No, I think yeah. we've got to put the challenge out to marketers to get creative. I mean, there's a, a great opportunity here to do really creative things with QR codes and they're missing the opportunity. Well, I've got a, I've got a story about uh, Japanese kids print their QR codes that direct people to their Facebook or MySpace pages yeah. so that uh, if a young lady might be interested in a young man, they can go up behind them and... Where's where do they put them? Where do they put on them? On the back of a T-shirt. On the back of their T-shirts. So, a girl. Let's just say it's a boy and a girl. A girl might use her phone to take a picture of the QR code on the back of a bloke's T-shirt, and he doesn't even know. Yep. 
and then if she thinks that she likes what she sees on his MySpace page or Facebook, then they can connect. Now that's creative. Why can't marketers start looking for these sorts of things that will really get people excited about? Well, it seems like a natural extension into all the potential option for things uh, like dating websites yep. would be a good way. Yeah. I have actually seen them being used, um, as I may have spoken before, about um, geocaching. Are you familiar with geocaching? Mm. No, you're not. It's, um, it's a hidden treasure game uh, using GPS. And people go out searching. Like a treasure hunt. Yeah, it's like a treasure hunt. Oh, yeah. Using GPS and the code, and there's all sorts of clues and puzzles and so on. And I have seen QR codes used there by some people who hide these uh, sort of hidden stashes. And you've got to actually use the QR code to decipher a clue of some sort. Yeah. So that, that sort of adds a bit of intrigue to it. I almost mm, see it. Yeah. Um, you, what you're seeing now a little bit is the same thing on the T-shirts. People are just putting their Twitter handle on. And you know it's from Twitter because it's got the at symbol in front of it. Yep. And it's almost easier for me to remember that or write down that Twitter handle than take the photo of the QR code and upload that. Yeah, but that's because... So, but but, it, but for, for a billboard that says telstra.com.au, do you really need a QR code to remember that you should go to telstra.com.au? Well, there's no value in that. No, one. exactly. Not and not. you know once you go there, it's going to be the same old shit that Telstra always dish out. That's right. But generally, though, don't they direct people to, like, the microsites that typically have a URL that's more difficult to remember? Because often the microsites have very long URLs and so on. So. At the end of the day, just put a link off the front page. If yeah, all you're doing point. is directing them to your normal homepage, yeah. it doesn't add any value. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't see any value in it. Um, but there are com uh, competitors to uh, QR codes. Um, Microsoft have got uh, their own version of it, and uh, Adam pointed, pointed this one out to us. It's uh, HCCB, which is the High Capacity Colour Barcode, which I didn't know anything about until Adam pointed it out. No, I'd never heard about it either, but I checked it out on Wikipedia. It just looks like a colour version of QR codes. With triangles rather than squares, <laughs> yeah. It's a and while, while we're on acronyms, <laughs> QR stands for uh, Quick Response. Quick response code. Mm. Yeah. Okay, good. Thank you. Um, yeah, and look, I'm sure there'll be other competing um, standards all popping up. And it's, it's once again just another battle of the standards and everyone trying to, to make their. Did you say Microsoft have they own H? I believe they do. Um, they've which, actually might, which might change the fact, you know, when you get a Windows Mobile and the program for QR codes is built in, they might just build programs for that don't read QR codes, but HCCB instead. I yeah. think this technology will probably never go mainstream, and the fact that QR is in first, they've probably got the first mover advantage here, and Microsoft are just too late to the game. Yeah. And look, ultimately, it's going to be surpassed by a lot of the augmented reality applications anyway that, that recognise places, buildings, um, mm. landscapes, and uh, they'll know where, where that location is anyway. Yeah. If you're interested, yeah. check out some of the augmented reality stuff going on at the moment because it's quite phenomenal. I don't think we're going to talk about it today, but... It's not on our list, but uh, Layar is one, one example. L-A-Y-A-R is the just, doing. Um, yeah. You look on, even on YouTube at some of the stuff that's happening, um, really quite ridiculous and a lot of potential. So... Marketers spend your time on some of that instead of your QR, QR codes, maybe. Yeah. Like, uh, what was that movie with Tom Cruise where they could predict the murders? Minority Report? Yeah, and they have, uh, remember he walks into the, uh, gets new eyeballs? Yeah. And he walks into the, yeah, a lot the Yakamoto, of... how were those t-shirts you bought? If you haven't seen, you haven't seen Minority Report, have you? I can tell by your blank face. Um, I, I, I think I know what it's about, yeah, but it, 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 it touches, the, there's, uh, Augmented reality. All the way through, Anything yeah. with Tom Cruise, I'm pretty happy to avoid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, what about you, um, Donald Trump? What do you think about Tom Cruise? I have no choice but to tell you, you're fired. Yeah, QR codes. <laughs> Gone. Sorry, QR codes. Now, on to our next, uh, next item of news. Um, and we've got a couple of social media morons we're going to get to in a moment. Yep. But um, here's an interesting one, which I know has been discussed a lot in the mainstream media over the last couple of weeks since this um, uh, media release came out. 
um, a firm, a marketing intelligence firm called Pear Analytics put out a, um, a report recently and they studied the traffic on Twitter, what people are talking about, and they categorised thousands of tweets um, into a number of different areas and they found that the number one category of the, the type of thing that people are twittering about is what they classified as pointless babble. That's 40% of what happens on Twitter. Followed uh, by conversation, very close second at about 37%. Um, and the third most popular category was pass along value. Things obviously um, worth retweeting or um, I guess electronic word of mouth. Um, and spam was well done. Spam was um, was a very low level of, of tweets, which was really good to see for Twitter users anyway. But I guess the thing that really frustrates me with this is the mainstream media jumped onto this and we saw so many reports out there about Twitter is just full of pointless babble and it's a waste of time. And this is not the first time that mainstream media have bagged the shit out of Twitter. And again, we hear how much useless information is on Twitter and how someone updated what they had for lunch and how we shouldn't care. But when it comes down to it, if you don't like what someone is saying on Twitter, don't get on it and don't follow them. Don't follow them. Stop exactly. bagging the shit out of Twitter. And, you know, the thing is, these mainstream media are the people that built it up for the last few months. They put out all this hype and every single article referred to Twitter. And now it's coming to the fact they're just like, oh, Twitter's boring. So the same guys that built it up are the same ones that are now slamming it because it's so boring, but if you don't like it, don't sign up to it. Don't be a part of it. Yeah. It's, uh, I went to a, uh, a content marketing uh, workshop slash seminar earlier on in the week, and a, uh, one of the presenters uh, was saying that, you know, the standard old line, we're all publishers, we've all got content. And uh, maybe true, but doesn't mean we should all publish. Everyone can talk, but that doesn't mean that everybody's got something important and valuable to say. At least not every day. I mean, Absolutely. Everyone's probably got something important to say at some stage in their life, but, um, yeah, a large number of us... Yeah, just look at Twitter. Yeah, there is a lot of pointless babble there, but that's fine. I mean, pick up any mainstream newspaper, and it's full of pointless babble. Pick up any conversation. There are boring people in the world. Pointless <laughs> conversation happens all the time, hey, not just on Twitter. Even, Wait, even interesting people. Interesting people make in, in within their conversation there will be yeah. pointless babble on the plane on the way down last night yeah these two girls were late for the plane ride and uh the hostesses wouldn't let their friends get off to look for them all the way down the aisle as soon as i could turn my earphones on great as soon as i took them off i don't reckon they'd taken a breath at least in twitter you can unfollow that garbage yeah exactly. on the plane i'm forcing them we're pretty, for, them, yeah. pretty much forced to listen to it the other <laughs> yeah. passengers are turning around going what's going on back there yeah and i think the mistake that a lot of the media are making here is they assume that twitter is meant to be 100 percent high quality content when in fact twitter is actually conversations it's not and, and have a look at the way twitter's changed recently you go to the main twitter page now it used to ask the question what are you doing now it doesn't actually ask that question anymore what does okay. it ask because um, I don't even use the Twitter. If, if you go to the main page, it actually it's says search. Um, search. It's a search. What yeah. is the world talking about right now? So How it's many about people still use the Twitter website to post their tweets? I do. I do. Do I do, because yeah. I use you it on use a, a number uh, of different devices. So I just use one of those I, I, uh, On my iPhone, of course, I have an app. But in terms of when I'm on the computer, I use the website, which I know I shouldn't because apparently TweetDeck and there's a number of different programs out there. But, I, but, you know, I started on that. I'm happy with it at the moment. Yeah, so am I. Yeah. But the thing is, I mean, I never go to the homepage of Twitter because I have my account. 
But I like the way that they've repositioned themselves. It's about search. It's about this existing conversation. Searching conversations. And that's really what Twitter is about now. It's not about people telling the world what they're doing. It's about conversations between networks of people. Yeah, absolutely. And And, and every conversation, there's a, a percentage of pointless babble. Yeah. In amongst some gems and some high quality um, contributions to the conversation. And right. I, for me, I don't really care what the mainstream media says because I find Twitter useful. You know, I've got it set up so I'm following the right people and the right people following me. And I have really amazing conversations and value. I get a lot of value out of Twitter. So, you know, there's, that's still happening there. I know there's pointless conversation out there, but you can block it. And you don't always have to be a part of it. Um, and the mainstream media just puts it out that it's all pointless babble, which but is the, not. The other issue is that there's, there's people, particularly who are. I don't know how to phrase this, but almost like semi-journalists. I picked up a uh, a, pub- a weekly free publication that we have uh, in Canberra, and the, the title of this article, or this lady that does a short column each week, is something like Sam in the City or Mum in the City or something like that. And it was all about how she tried Twitter, but it was really hard and and uh, didn't really have anything valuable to say. And well, she didn't actually say she didn't have any valuable to say, but that was my conclusion at the end of it. Mm. Was you don't need to be on there, but. Far be it for the journalists to uh, bag a medium for pushing shit onto people. <laughs> yeah, pick up the newspaper today and have a look through it. It's, it's full of rubbish. Absolutely. Yeah. So, what what do you think about this, um, uh, Donald Trump? Go with your gut instinct. Oh, yeah. Okay. That's, <laughs> that's it. That's, that's short and sharp. That's. In fact, I, I guarantee we're going to have some listeners this week that write in to say that uh, the most insightful um, stuff this <laughs> yeah. week has, has come from this, Donald Trump. The, the Don, he could be huge. He might get his own Twitter handle. I think we're going to have a spin-off from the podcast just of Don. <laughs> yes, we could get sick of him very quickly. <laughs> well, while we're, while we're talking about journalists and Twitter, I might slip in uh, the first uh, social media moron nomination. It's been a long time since we've had a social media moron. So uh, I was kind of hoping Zach might do the intro music for it just live. Yeah, come on, social media moron theme. What do you got? Go. Oh, no. That's Batman. I think that's actually Gen Y Marketing Podcast. You're not going to promote that. I'll beat beat that out. Anyway, it's it's, uh, the first social media moron nomination for the week is uh, journalists who uh, have shifted from explaining what Twitter is in the first paragraph or two to slipping it into about the fifth or the sixth paragraph because apparently <laughs> we still don't know that Twitter's a medium for sending 140 character messages. <laughs> and sometimes followed by Twitter, comma, the microblogging platform, comma. Morons. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, look, we're, we're going to be black banned by uh, mainstream media and journalists, aren't Steve we? Steve Conroy. That'll just make yeah. us more popular. Steve yeah, Conroy. Have an underground pirate program. Yeah. <laughs> Good. Okay. Well, we're on social media morons. Have you got another one? Well, I've got two more. You've got, got two more? Yeah, let's, let's jump into them now. Yeah. Well, the second one's a little bit long, but it's worth a read. And it's uh, a young lady who was on a three-month contract, connected with her uh, boss, on Facebook and then uh, updated her status that said, oh my god I hate my job, my boss is a total pervy wanker, always making me do shit stuff just to piss me off, wanker. (laughs) Did she remember that her boss was a friend on Facebook? Obviously not. Well she might have but she's a bit dumb, (laughs) because then the boss gets on and comments on the status, (laughs) hi I, I guess you forgot about adding me on here, firstly don't flatter yourself. Secondly, you've worked here five months and you didn't work out that I'm gay. I know I don't prance around the office like a queen, but that's not exactly a secret. Thirdly, that shit stuff is called your job. (laughs) 
You know what I pay you to do? But the fact that you seem to be able to F up the simplest of tasks might contribute to how you feel about it. And lastly, you also seem to have forgotten that you still have two weeks left on your six-month trial period. Don't bother coming in tomorrow. I'll pop your P45, which is your uh, your, your tax statement yep. that you get in England, uh, and you can come in whenever you like to pick any stuff up your left here. <laughs> and yes, I'm serious. So she, uh, What's her name? No, well, that's blacked out. That has been blacked out. <laughs> Which I didn't think was in the spirit, but uh, uh, let's, call her, let's call her uh, Melissa. Melissa, 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 you're a moron, Melissa. Yeah. I can't believe that. And would do your that. boss is a legend. Yeah. <laughs> we'll call him Peter. <laughs> so, oh my yes, god! That's number two. So we've got journos at one, Melissa at two. Yeah. I, why would you do that? I mean, and, and we're often reading. Um, I'm going to come back to your morons in a second. We're yep. often reading reports. In fact, that brings us to another media release that just came out uh, just recently. And this one was put out by um, CareerBuilder.com, a well-known online recruiting firm. Uh, and they put out a, a press release just uh, yesterday, actually, saying that 45% um, of employers reported in a recent survey that they use social networking sites to research job candidates. So they're actually now... And then this, this has been uh, revealed a few times, but as high as 45% of I think it. I think that stat might be a little bit inflated somehow. I wonder. I mean, this is online... Is that across all... It's online recruitment through okay. careerbuilder.com. Okay. So it's careerbuilder.com's clients. Yeah. Okay. So I guess I imagine online recruitment would happen more often. Um, yeah. If they're recruiting online, it's more likely the. So what are the employees. implications of this high figure of 45 Okay. Well, they actually went on and said that 35% uh, of employers reported they've found content on social networking sites that caused them not to hire the candidate. Okay, so and include things such as, and I know you've got some strong views on this, Zach. Included things such as. Um, Can I just ask a question? Yeah. So that means, does that mean that fifty-five percent of people they've got a job online got it because there was a better candidate who got brushed because of what was online? Um. Yeah. Well, hang on. A better Maybe candidate. Sixty-five percent. Yeah. Yeah. No, well, there course. would have been someone better who had a bad that? photo on Facebook. 35% of employers, okay, have, so as part of their shortlisting process, yeah. they're knocking people out of the shortlist yeah. based so on information they found that's publicly available through Facebook and so, so on. 30, well, it's 35% of people have got a job because somebody else has put something stupid online. Correct. Yes. Yeah, against someone who oh, may have been shortlisted because of that. That does make Clearly sense. Clearly, we haven't got maths degrees here. That <laughs> just clicked to my head and goes, oh, that makes sense. Um, <laughs> now, for things such as inappropriate photographs. Tick. <laughs> yes. Yeah, Zach, you have inappropriate photographs. Um, yeah, candidate posted content about them drinking or using drugs. Tick. Tick. Good. Um, candidate badmouthed their previous employer, co-workers or clients. Tick. Tick. Uh-oh. Uh, candidate showed poor communication skills. Yeah. What do they mean? Well, yeah, you guys are probably going to say tick. Spelling, probably. Yeah, spelling, grammatical well, I'm actually errors. very meticulous with my spelling. Oh, but, look at your um, blog. Every post, there's a little grammatical error of some sort in there. That's kind of like a Where's Wally game. Like, you're supposed to write in and pick where the mistake is. Oh, I used to. I've given up. I, yeah. These first few postings, I used to do that. Candidate made discriminatory comments. <laughs> tick, 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 tick. <laughs> Candidate lied about qualifications. Um, probably well, not. I haven't done that because you don't have any qualifications. <laughs> and, well, actually, can we, have you got a job? <laughs> yeah. Where are you working? I'm actually just started my own business doing oh, yeah, consulting. Right, you too. Yeah, and also finally a shared confidential nice confidential plug. information from previous employers. So, uh, yeah. Well, can we get no, back to his you. job? Did you did you start your own business because of those things that you've got on your social networking profiles? 
What do you mean? Because it was fine, hard to find a job. You oh, were one right. of the 35 that got brushed. <laughs> That's so the, the only way solution, I could get employed. Was the only solution myself. was to employ yourself. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay, though. Yeah, you know. Yeah. yeah. And here's an interesting one. Uh, 14, <laughs> 14% of employers disregard the candidate because the candidate sent a message using an emoticon such as a smiley face in their email. That's ridiculous. Isn't that crazy? I to mean, think that you could have an ideal candidate who from a different generation communicates in a different way and you're going to dismiss that is ridiculous and it's disgusting. And I would think that these And that's ageism on the youth. Ageism on the... Oh, there's a strong statement. Ageism yeah. on the youth? Yeah. It's against, against, against the youth. Do you think the, 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 of the, youth. the old yeah. conservative traditional employers yeah. out there are actually um, losing, missing out on opportunities here if they're they're discriminating oh, against young of people. Of course they are. Yeah. They're missing out. They had a potential, ca the perfect candidate. 35% of the time, they're ditching them. Well, no, the stats don't say that it was the perfect candidate that got brushed. It just says that some people are being taken. True. Well, okay, so well, they might have been you within you should the clean up pool your profile? of 10. Do you reckon you should well, clean up your profile? Well, my, my Facebook profile is actually very tied down now. Never used to be. What about you two guys? Uh, yeah, I've, I have uh, moderate security settings. Yeah, yeah. and Oyster? Moderate. So yeah, well, all my friends can see my photos, but uh, okay. the, the general... Yeah, yeah, so I'm the same. Yeah. But I would never accept a friendship requests from a random, um, and I often delete friends who I haven't spoken to in a while. Um, but my blog is open, where I am quite open in the way that I communicate, and same with my Twitter account. So mm. the only thing I'm really worried about is photos. Um, but even then, if a friend is able to get a link from a photo and give that to someone else, then they can still find it. So, But, but this is like the risk I take because, you know, I'm Zach Martin and I'm not going to change that just to get a job and I think if you employ me, you should take me on board for who I am. Let, um, me, let me pose you a question. That's okay when you're 19, 20 years old, but when you've got a mortgage and kids and a family to support and somebody's saying to you, because of the stuff that you post online, you're un you, you are less employable than you could be, would you change, do you think? Well, see, I, I would say I'm too naive and arrogant to change my Once view Once again, right that's narrow-minded. But I think well. we actually had this conversation. Surely, surely most employers realise that a university student has fun. A university student will be posting provocative photographs. A university student will be getting drunk. Particularly in 10 years when it will be yeah, some of these know. Gen Y people will be doing the employing. Yeah. But I mean, I actually put up an article on Marketing Mag kind yeah. of about some of this stuff, and Oyster responded. Um, it was interesting to see some of the conversation that developed from things like, you know, what do you do with your Facebook account, and, you know, the fact that I want to be on Facebook at work. Yeah. I mean, Oyster, I mean, would you, would you firstly look at someone's Facebook profile before you employ them? Absolutely. Yeah. And would a... And, and I don't think, but in saying that, I don't think I would necessarily dismiss them as a candidate but I would certainly feel more comfortable understanding them because I don't think you get a, a good feel for somebody's true personality in an interview. Oh, exactly. And nor do you from just snippets on Facebook. Yeah. But combined, it might help. Yeah, and I guess... And you could actually even question what's on Facebook in the interview or use that to get some kind of context and build something publicly from available. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But, but the, the problem for an employer... Well, not the problem, the, the thing that... By employers just saying, well, we're going to dismiss that candidate, have a conversation with them about it. Yeah. What's going on with those photos? Oh, yeah, that was a really bad night. That's the first time I drank in six years. Yeah. Yeah, you know, exactly. There's no context to the photos. Mm. Well, often there is context to the photos when you read the comments <laughs> underneath them. But, uh, I mean, yeah, I, I'm thinking of, of you, for example, Oyster. I mean, you you employ people, um, and many of your clients are government clients. Yes. That I would imagine would be fairly conservative, a lot of the people you're dealing with, and traditional. So that could become important in your industry, um, employing someone who might be considered to be high risk if they're a bit of a party animal. 
Yeah, look, it's it's. I think it has to be on a case by case basis. Yeah. I mean, for the last three or four years, employment figures have been well, unemployment has been fairly low. Yep. So it's hard for it, was, it used to be hard for employers to find employees. Um, but as employment and if employment continues, unemployment continues to rise, it just little things like that just build pressure on on a candidate's ability to get a job. Sure. And right or wrong, whether we agree with it or not, it is the reality. For, yeah. If you believe what the survey says, mm. and so you've either got to play the game. So I go into a job interview, right? I hate wearing a tie to work, and I will only put on a tie if I'm going to go and see a client. Yep. Okay, and a jacket. And all right? clients, or just clients that would expect that. Surely you'd have some new, clients. New clients, but yep. I usually make an effort for all clients. But to be honest, if a client doesn't wear a, a tie, next time I won't wear a tie. Yeah. Right? If I go for a job interview, of course, absolutely wear a tie so because that's, that's what is expected. That's but see, I would. I've got an interview coming up next Friday, and I'm not going to wear a suit or a tie. But what industry is it in? Marketing, yeah. which is obviously a bit more flexible. But if you knew okay, that so that person wore a, a jacket and a tie to work every day... That's it. I mean, you've got to manipulate the system to get the job. Well, it's just like, it's it's the same thing. Oh, hang on. Manipulate the system or meet the customer's needs. <laughs> yeah, okay. Needs, value, exchange model, let's bring it back you've to You've got to fit into the culture, whether That's it's it. the language you use, So if the boss is swearing you swear. Are you suggesting that... The boss wears a tie, you wear a tie. Okay, okay. So say I wanted to work at your company for the next 40 years, or I wanted to get a job... Am I meant to change, give up my drinking and the fact that I go out partying just to fit in? Am I meant to change myself to, you know, work for you guys for the next 40 years? Because realistically, I don't want to work in an organisation with a culture for the next 40 years of my life it's not about who change. aren't going to let me be who I want to be. It's not about changing, though. The difference is there are now mediums where we can all see what you do. This stuff's been going on for years. Okay. Your old man used to yeah. get shit-faced. Yeah. My old man used to get shit-faced. Yeah. Wags apparently used to get shit-faced. Yeah. He probably will tonight. But... Um, <laughs> That's never changed. The, the, the difference is it's now in front of everybody. Yes. It goes back to that comment I made before. We're all publishers. Should we be publishing that stuff? Yeah. I and think this would be a really interesting one to throw out to the audience um, in terms of, you know, what kind of settings do you have on Facebook? Have you missed out on a job? Do you monitor it? I know some people actually um, coming up to an interview, they'll change it to private, and then once they've got the job, they'll go back to public. So yeah, That's okay. Yeah, yeah. No it's, it's but I, I, I've been thinking about a post for a little while now where I was going to go and do some research where you can actually go to, obviously go to Facebook, but you can't necessarily see everybody if they've got security settings. But when you when you search with somebody, you can actually look at the groups that they're associated with. Yep. Mm-hmm. I'm associated with, the, you know, the, the guns should be carried on the streets group and and uh, such and such must die group and all that yeah. sort of stuff. That tells you about people. Yeah, it, it, true. They might not even completely agree with it. They might have just joined those groups in jest. But oh, exactly. it's something that takes... The, your, your Without Facebook context is very much... Could Dangerous. Do your job. Yeah. But, you, mm. but your online profile and the information that you put out there needs to be guarded. It needs to be tended from time to time to keep it clean, to keep it current, keep it tidy, so you're not creating the wrong... And if it's in the public forum, it's fair game. An employer is, is welcome to use that to assess the candidate that's applied. And potentially because a lot of people, you know, written references are very rarely done these days, um, and even verbal references, are, you know, they're reasonably unreliable. Yeah, uh, yeah, they're all positive. It's, it's very rare that there'd be a negative uh, referee given. Yeah, mm. exactly. I mean, and you could open a whole can of worms here on blogs, not just social networking. And I mean, look at the positive effect, almost the opposite that LinkedIn has. You know, go onto someone's LinkedIn page and it has the opposite. It will help build up that. But what this fail, uh, this article fails to address is how many people have landed jobs because of their photos on Facebook or because they have exactly. a nice rack or the fact that at Friday night drinks, they're going to be awesome fun. I mean, yeah. I actually think back the right culture 
Facebook could really help you then. Exactly. Well. I actually think back to um, uh, years and years ago, a, point, a sales job I had. I used to uh, work for a very tra traditional, uh, privately run company, and I watched every cent that was spent in the organisation. And I moved from that organisation to a big uh, French-owned multinational in a sales role. Um, and the very first month, I still remember this very vividly, the end of that first month, the boss dragged me into the office and sat me down, pulled out my credit card statement for my uh, corporate Amex card that had just come in. He sat down. enough. Exactly. And it was, <laughs> what are you doing? You're not spending enough money. You get out there and you entertain your customers as much as you possibly can. I, I, this is not acceptable. I do know a bloke. And, who, and that was a cultural shift from one, one mm. culture to another. So in that case, your Facebook profile would get you a job in an organisation like that if, if you are seen to be someone who's sociable, outgoing and prepared to... Particularly in marketing mm. where a lot of agencies have that kind of culture. Exactly. It might work for someone's favour. Yeah. And I mean, even if you look at... Um, if you checked on someone's page and you saw mutual friends and it had to be, happened to be someone you know and you've got this common connection and through networking and stuff, there is a lot of positive that can come out of this, not just negative. Or, right. e or even that you connected to people of influence in an industry. Oh, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, if you see your friends with the CEO of some organisation, well, that could be a good network for you. Might the give this guy a that's probably look. where LinkedIn is more valuable than true, something like true, Facebook. True, true, true. LinkedIn's yeah. a much more serious uh, social networking connection. Yeah, I mean, the question becomes, there's a risk. Whether you agree with it or not, do you take the risk? Hmm. It's obviously going to be an individual's and decision. I, and I think Zach's approach is, <clears> is one valid approach, and that is, well, this is me take me as I am, and if, yeah. if you want me to pretend I'm something different, I don't really want to work for you. Is yeah. that really summarising that, what you're That's got? it. And I realise that if I want to work in a conservative type organisation, I'm not going to get a job there if I open up my, my Facebook thing. The well, you might get a job there, you're probably going to leave after a couple of months. Yeah. That's it. Like, that's the thing. This is like a good turn. If someone rejects me because of my Facebook thing, chances are I would reject them after a month of being there anyway. So but maybe you, it's the, a good indicator of culture. It is interesting that... The biggest growth in Facebook in recent times has been in that age group that would typically be middle and senior managers. Mm. Yes. Yeah, certainly the, the middle-aged uh, groups, yeah. Uh, I would just wonder, Zach, though, whether your point of view will change after six months of job hunting and missing out on job after job and you start to get more desperate. In other words, you're in the queue rather than... Yeah, yeah, and yeah. that's highly possible, um, but I suppose until I'm in that position and been thoroughly experienced, I'm just naive enough to assume it won't happen. <laughs> Good. But that's also something you cannot do is add your boss on Facebook and update your status, saying how much of a wanker he is, because <laughs> yeah. that's probably guaranteed to lose you a job. But the reality is, if she hates her job, she should go and have a chat to her boss about it. Yeah, that's exactly. what just makes her immature. Yeah, yeah, very mature of it. What does Donald have to say about employees on Facebook? Always maintain your momentum. Yeah. Well, so if I'm using Facebook, stick to it. Yeah, okay, yeah, thank yeah, you, Donald. Yeah. Insight from Donald Trump. <laughs> and another social media moron. Yeah, Daniel. I was just going to say, uh, some listeners would have seen this possibly earlier in the week where five Facebook users are suing the social network for doing what made it an online superstar, which was obviously letting members share aspects of their lives on the web. Um, one of the parties in the suit is a woman who joined Facebook in the early phase when membership was limited to a college crowd. Uh, and there's a couple others where uh, Facebook, you must be 13 to have a profile. Yep. So one of the people... I thought you were calling me 13 then for a second. I was oh, you're not much older. <laughs> <laughs> Babyface Martin. Uh, <laughs> but Facebook requires members to be 13 years or older. So one of the people suing Facebook is an 11-year-old kid. Which is good, because it wouldn't be the parents' fault for not uh, keeping an eye on what the kids are doing. <laughs> anyway, so those uh, five people... Wait, what? This is... 
completely ridiculous. Hang on, so there are people who are suing Facebook even though for using their information even though they signed up and agreed to their terms of service and have been giving Facebook this information. Well, it's a bit, it says here that Facebook has repeatedly revised its terms and conditions to, appre to appease privacy concerns of users while allowing for the technical side of the running of the social networking service to, to continue. So even though they're... Just turn your account off. Yeah, so... Exactly. You don't have to continue to use it if you don't agree with their terms of service. What is an 11-year-old doing on there in the first place? But and why is it Facebook's fault? Yeah. Well, once again, I mean, though, I mean, we did see Facebook a few months back attempt to change their terms of service, and there was a bit of a backlash from the users. And as a result of that, they pulled back on the changes. Um, so, interesting. There have been some cases where Facebook... Uh, have used images in people's profiles for ads, which they um, explained as an accident. But but what Wags just said there tends to be this not crowdsourcing, but Facebook will listen to the masses. And if there's a problem, then these things sort them out. These five people are obviously just wankers who are trying to get a little bit of money and a little bit of attention. Um, if you don't like what's happening, sign up. Don't sign up to it. Same thing on Twitter. If you're not happy with stuff being public, don't sign up to it. Don't follow someone who's boring. Yeah, Case exactly. closed. Yeah, and ultimately... But then again, I mean, once you've already signed up and you've built the network and it becomes your communication channel with your friends and networks and so on, um, does Twitter have a responsibility... Sorry, Facebook have a responsibility to um, to continue with the terms of service that they originally set no, up? No, it's not your communication channel. It's Facebook's communication channel. Facebook are an organisation trying to make money and they're going to do this any way they can. Do they owe you a certain level of, well, long-term, they need to be making money. And when the masses agree with them and they're willing to change their terms of service to mm. that, then these five people won't have a chance. And if this gets, well, probably, it's in America. Those five people are no longer in the target market. No, no, exactly. exactly. But I mean, knowing America, they probably will win this case and will f*** everything up. So what has Donald got to say about that one? I've made some mistakes in my time, but you really screwed up. When confronted with your mistakes, you made one excuse after another. I hate excuses. <laughs> You're fired. I don't, I don't think these people. Oh, well, Donald. Yeah, well done. So these people, he's killing it. He's he's tuned into this discussion well and truly. So. Yeah. Oh, good. Spooky, actually. Yeah. Well, look, guys, we're actually out of time. It's been a, an interesting discussion. You're uh, you're actually looking at uh, at the screen here with uh, my music track I'm about to play, and the mm. reason I'm going to play this one is because I want to uh, see him pronounce this name. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually a music track from, uh, well, it used to be called the uh, Podshow Podsafe Music Network, and it's actually changed its name now to uh, Music Alley from Mevio, and you can check that on online at uh, musicalley.com. Well, I think we should give the, the listeners a little bit of insight, because I've often wondered, why did you pick this song? I actually picked you this song. you just pick it for random, just find it random? No, because I knew we... And this is relevant to our discussion today, believe it or not. Because earlier in the discussion, Zach actually mentioned a name that many of our listeners are familiar with, Stephen Conroy. What do you think about Stephen Conroy? Much like these five people suing Facebook, complete <laughs> Yeah, well, this track is actually called The Ballad of Stephen, Stephen Conroy. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Oh, Rupert. <laughs> it's actually from a, uh, an Aussie band called Dr. Chaotica. It's actually, they're a uh, um, heavy metal, um, uh, their influences they list as Metallica, Megadeth, Slayer, Pantera and Dream Theater. There's a bit of a change for the genre of music for the uh, Marketing Day podcast. Angry right? young men. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and Dr. Cardica, it's actually just one guy and he's, uh, he's pretty annoyed with uh, Stephen Conroy as many people are out there that are internet users and uh, he's got something to say about in this track. So uh, look, before we go, um, I'll play that in a second. Daniel, thank you so much for your trip down to Melbourne. We really appreciate it. Daniel, is it true that you write a blog? 
I wrote a blog. Really? And where can I read that blog? Uh, theoysterproject.blogspot.com. 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 That's it. Or you can find me at, uh, at Daniel Oyston on Twitter. That's O-N. Uh, Add him on Facebook as a friend. Check out his nasty photos. Googling. They're all posted by Zach after tonight. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god! You're not not going to get a job anywhere after. We got to see that that painting of the naked lady. (laughs) Oh, Daniel got excited because last time he was down, Zach took him to see Chloe at Young and Jackson's. Chloe, Chloe, yeah. Good for Chloe. (laughs) And the weird American who was there who was filming the plants. What? Oh, it was weird. Yeah, we'll wind it up really quickly. We'll wind it up, but it was for um. We met some American blokes over from business and uh, just talking to them, and uh, there's three or four of them having a chat. Turn around, one of them's uh, in the corner stroking a plastic plant. <laughs> looking at Chloe while he's doing it? No, he was looking at his feet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Zach, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me at www.pigsdontfly.com. <laughs> dub, dub, dub. It's what all the cool people are saying. Um, yeah. And Zach Martin on Twitter. Cool. What was it? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh, was it? Well, just have it. Pigs don't fly com. Leave the first bit off. No, it actually don't put in the www. It doesn't actually work. Well, you need to fix that. If anyone can fix that, get in touch with me at www. It's easy to fix. I'll tell you later. <laughs> anyway, over to Doctor Doctor K. We're not going to throw to Donald to oh, Donald Trump. One more time. Where can we find you, Donald? Stay focused. We will. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Donald. We're not very focused. We know. Ballad of Stephen Conroy. Thanks, guys. The tree of liberty must be refreshed from time to time with the blood of patriots and tyrants. They say we must fall in line. They say censorship for all. They say to protect. They say it is for the best He says he knows what is right He says obey the government The internet must be a land of liberty We'll fight to be free We say we 
You can join our conversation by calling plus 61 3903 or by emailing podcast at monishmarketing.com. This podcast is protected under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial Sharealike License. You are welcome to share and remix this podcast for non-commercial purposes.